Barancourt's radio network is now available on Anchor.fm. You can subscribe to our podcast either through Anchor or one of its many affiliates, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Now, enough of the bullshit. Here's the podcast. When the Führer says, we is the master race, we hire, hire. Right in the Führer's face, not to love the Führer is a great disgrace, so we hire, hire. Right in the Führer's face. When Welcome the to the Segway Files. We the world in space. Actually, that's me, Heather, and Ryan. Producer Ryan. I'm here in the background, kind of. No, you're not. You're in the foreground. You're going to talk. You have things to talk about. I'm literally right in front of the recording device. I know. You're literally (laughs) right in front of the recording device. And as we're saying hi to everybody, of course, right at that moment is when some of the uh, bigger or the motorcycle people decide to go by. To go on by, yeah. I'm hoping they're chasing John Wick or something important's happening because... I haven't seen that one yet. I want to see the third John Wick. Damn, it's so good. Um... I was watching this uh, movie on Netflix. It was one of those cutesy movies, and they actually had Keanu Reeves in it, and oh. playing himself because one of the main oh. character, the main character, was dating him. Oh, that's right. Okay, I know uh, what show you're talking about. The, ma- the be my maybe or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the main character, male guy, was a was in a band. Yeah. And he got to punch Keanu Reeves. And then he made a song called I Punch Keanu Reeves just to prove that he did it. And it's actually really funny. I just like when they introduce it too because like she's like sitting there and she's like, I want you to meet this guy. I've been sitting, you know, I was really excited to have you meet him. And then it just, he just walks into the room. It's fucking Keanu Reeves. And it's like straight out of fucking John Wick. And he looks just, just ugh. and he's just this philosophical <laughs> douche. Yeah. I like how he doesn't. Act, like, I like how he doesn't accurately play himself. He just plays like a really bad version yeah, of himself. Yeah, all the interviews and stuff that you you hear about Keanu, he's he's such a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but that's not all. Uh, in some of the commentary on the movies that he's done, especially John Wick, the special forces training that he's gone through. Yeah. To do you know the John Wick fighting style and everything like that. Uh, one of the special forces trainers is like, yeah, I wouldn't want to mess with Keanu Reeves. He knows his stuff. He really does. He's he's dangerous. The, uh, the training that he's gone through to do the movies, The Matrix, and all of this. Yeah. He is one badass motherfucker. So he's Jackie Chan, but white. And he, I wouldn't say he's a white Jackie Chan, but he the special forces guy said he wouldn't want to mess with him. Definitely, kind of like what they used to say about like Steven Seagal back in the back in the day, because he was like a apparently he was like a Navy SEAL or something. Like yeah, before that. he got all dope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and still doing movies, B B class movies. Steven Seagal B movies. Yeah, I remember the the one that was the big letdown for me, but made me feel like I could kick people's ass was the Glimmer Man, <laughs> and it was like he just watching him like in that big like puffy ass outfit and shit, being fat and just. 
kind of made me, like, because I wasn't, like, fat as a teenager, but I was starting to develop a bigger gut, and I was like, yeah, I could be this guy. <laughs> I could totally be Steven Seagal right now. Marked to kill. Okay. Yeah, but, I mean, hey, <laughs> you don't, you can't take, you cannot take, you know, the size of somebody yeah. and their ability and put it together and say, oh, you know, he's fat, so he's not going to be any good, because then you have to bring up somebody like Butterbean, who, like, oh, yeah. one punch knocks people out legit in yeah. MMA wrestling and boxing and stuff, and he legit knocks people out in one punch. Yeah. And, then and the, he's a big Pillsbury Doughboy. And there's the opposite of him, you know, like with, um, oh, God, what was that guy's name? You know, the MMA fighter that was kind of like that? He just kind of came out just doing haymakers and shit. Um, I'll have to look up his name later, but, yeah, he was kind of a joke. But he's definitely not a Butterbean. Not, not Butterbean. Not Butterbean. No, Butterbean. If, if you don't know who he is, look him up. Butterbean One Punch Knockouts. You'll find him all over YouTube. I think he even had a moment in WWE where he did that. Yeah. Where he knocked somebody out. He's he's an incredible, but he is a big... He is a big... Gabriel Iglesias would call him a fluffy guy. Yeah. Tank Abbott was the guy I was thinking of. Tank, Tank Abbott. Ryan, yeah. you said that you saw John Wick 3. John Wick 3 was actually really cool. It was like... I saw it a couple times. <laughs> the first time I watched it, I was just blown away. The, the fighting sequences in this movie definitely outshined the other two. Big time. They did different things. Um, and within those different things, brought up the level of brutality that you would see in each fight scene. So, like, um, like, a lot of the kills were more over the top. Everything else was a little bit more over the top. Uh, weapon usage, uh, things he would do with simple objects, you know. Like, remember when they talk about his pencil thing in the first movie, and then they pay yeah. it off in the second one. In this one, they, they throw the book at you, in a sense. S- slight spoiler if you haven't seen it, but I'm not going to tell you. You're famous for spoilers. But I'm not going to tell you who it happened to or and how it happened, but he uses a book. So... <laughs> Hey, I mean, that's a tradition in martial arts movies of, I mean, Jackie Chan, like we were saying, yeah. using everything, including uh, including another person, yeah. to actually fight. Um, but uh, The stepladder was his finest moment. The stepladder was yeah. really cool. Is that the one cool. where he may have broken the leg or limb of some flavor? He's broken lots of bones during yeah. this filming. Yeah, I, I know one of the more... He doesn't do his stunts much anymore. No, no. I, I think Rumble in the Bronx was one of the ones where he like he broke his broke his, broke his foot. Yeah, and Rumble in the Bronx. Yeah, but, but completed the movie. Yeah, <laughs> but completed the movie on a broken foot. That's a it's fucking. Like, if you can't go to work because you broke your foot, you know, uh, yeah, I gotta tell you. Yeah. And then he started making American movies, and I think that's when he started doing. That's when I started noticing he's not doing his stunts as much anymore. Well, he's gotten older. Yeah, for sure. But he's definitely a charming old man. So, like, yeah. to see him doing kind of, you know, doing his thing on a different level with a different kind like, of budget and then, mm-hmm. and at a different treatment altogether, you know, because... Uh, the tuxedo, tuxedo. Tuxedo. He did the tuxedo yeah. one. He's supposed uh, to have a recent one coming out, isn't he? Because I, I know he did um, the couple movies with Chris Tucker. Uh, Rush, um, Hour. Rush Hours. Rush Hours, yeah. Which I don't think they actually ever did three. Yes, they did a Rush Hour 3. Did they? Did they? Yes. Wow, I didn't see it. Me either. I'm, yeah, I remember the first two. <laughs> Not that good, eh? Take I remember the, the stupidest moments of the first two, put them all together into a two-hour expansion. <laughs> that was well, three. That was three, the wow. The second one is when they went to uh, Korea, right? 
Oh shit! No, I'm the because the first I think so. And then Second was, one is when they went to Hong Kong. Oh Hong, yeah, Kong. Hong Kong, and then they were talking about possibly going to New York, and then that's the last one I saw. Yeah, I don't remember the one. I don't remember. I may have seen three. I just don't remember. Um, but, but as far as um, as far as uh, John Wick three, um, I will say that watching it the second time was even more weird than watching it the first time. So you watch it the first time, everything happens so fast. It's such a blur, but you do kind of soak in a lot of the moments. When you watch it a second time, at least for me, now my background is I've been watching horror movies since I was a little kid. Most movies stop scaring me by the time I reach the age of nine. Most films really stopped being impressive to me after I'd seen Life Saving or Saving uh, Private Ryan. And so like the intensity in movies isn't really something that I get that into, you know? Like, I just... Usually a moment just passes and it was funny and then I remember it and then it's something we talk about later. In this movie, that's a very different thing. There is a fight sequence in this movie that made my teeth grind because it was so fucking brutal. And it was like, that got me. And I don't know if it's old age. I don't know if it's... Maybe I've just seen everything, and I thought I was jaded, and here I am now being proven wrong by this fucking awesome director who put these movies together, and these fight choreographers who fucking just did a masterful job just making the intent, you know, bringing that intensity. But this movie has a fight scene in it that really gets me, and I don't even know if I can watch it again. Oh, I don't even know. I, can, I, I don't. I gotta even, see it. I don't even know if I can watch that one scene again. I might have to fast forward through it. I'm gonna buy the movie for sure. But <laughs> and I gotta see it now. Yeah. But there's lots of movies that I gotta see that, that yeah. come out. I just haven't gotten a chance to do it. Um, new Godzilla movie, which uh, was pretty good. Yeah. Which was you said that was pretty good. Yeah. I haven't seen that yet. Uh, the new Spider-Man movie's out. I gotta see that. Yeah, that's another one. It's on my list somewhere. And um, before we get into Spider-Man, Heather has seen um, a movie recently that was um, also put out by Disney. <laughs> um, I don't. I mean, is is the newer Spider-Man put directly out through the MCU label, or is it still going through Sony? I think like it's the both. Previous? I think it's the MCU label. Okay, because I remember they were doing the other films, like the one with uh, Garfield and the one with um, one with Tobey Maguire. They were all under the Sony branch, so I couldn't remember if the newest ones. Because um, I know they create, I know they made a new series just so they can put them in the Avengers and everything. But, yeah, yeah, um, through the um, it is through Marvel. But um, just yet another movie. It's uh, so Disney's been doing this like very different thing with their. Uh, with their um, intellectual property and it's been kind of neat seeing a lot of live action remakes coming out under the Disney umbrella basically just kind of reintroducing a a new story like a like re re uh, envisioning a story for a brand new audience you know so like in our generation you know we grew up with movies like this um like Aladdin mm-hmm. Um, as a cartoon you know as a kid you know or teenagers or like young adults um and some people got to see it as children but now here we are with a new new generation some of those people have kids now and they're seeing this with a completely new eyes uh tell us what this movie was about well aladdin is 
the typical Aladdin story from okay. Disney, basically. It's the remake, but only in the live version. And the cool thing that I haven't really, I haven't seen Dumbo yet. I've seen Cinderella and uh, Beauty and the Beast, and I haven't really been impressed. Dumbo made my sister cry, by the way. I just got to throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to watch it. But, um, so I wasn't impressed with those two, and Aladdin made me worried, because Aladdin actually was one, my favorite Disney movie. Yeah, like a lot of my friends, like, uh, that was one of the few, one of the few Disney films I ever saw as a kid, because, like, Stavra Hypocrisy, who co-hosts the uh, Casket Cast with myself, um, he loves the shit out of the original, and mostly because of Robin Williams, and... This movie has a lot of expectations to live up to, especially yep. in especially, terms of the genie. Yep, because Will Smith. Smith and yeah. we were afraid, two things we were afraid with Will Smith was, one was, is he going to be able to live up to the expectations of Robin Williams? Yeah. Because um, that was one of the reasons why I almost didn't watch it, because, you know, I really, I still kind of have that. I really, it makes me sad not him not being able to watch to do this or watch it and or that's, prepare for it. And I kinda wanna throw this out there too. You, I, like I you can't really compare them comedically mm-hmm. because Robin Williams comes from like a you know, his stand up background. Yeah. And then he did so many different things, uh, from serious mm-hmm. to comedy and serious to comedy. And, and that's may not have been able to do the genie, but yeah. still. And that's the parallel mm-hmm. that Will Smith has to him is that he has done a lot of serious dramas, science fiction, horror, um, He's done a lot of different things and kind of challenged himself, um, you know, as an actor. So I almost think that even though he may not live up to the Robin Williams status, there's not a lot of people that can even be up to the Will Smith status. Yeah, he actually, um, he actually impressed me. Uh, So the other fear with Will Smith was if he was going to take the entire movie kind of thing. You know yeah. how when you had the well-known actors and it's all about him. Actually, they did a great job. They actually made it to where you could still have Aladdin and everything and the story went through and he's just this sub-character. Yeah. Um, so, or supporting character, excuse me. And he didn't... The movie was actually a lot better than what I thought it was going to be. They did a great job. I love the fact that the they actually added... One of the cool things with some of the live action is they've added... Some new scenes yeah. that make to they made more character development scenes and background stuff. I took out a lot of the talking animals and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, they the parrot doesn't really talk as much anymore. He just does the simple parrot stuff, but he doesn't do the actual conversations. Does it do it in Gilbert Gottfried's voice? No, Damn I don't it. think so. <laughs> but you get to see him as a big giant bird trying to get Aladdin and Jasmine. Polly want a cracker. Um. <laughs> And Jasmine's actually a lot more in the... Fem- she's more stronger, and she has her own power and mm. kind of thing. Like, she actually has a voice, where... Mm. You know what I mean? Like, the feminist-type voice? Yeah. Where she's like, you know, I want to be... You know, why can't you just let me be Sultan? I don't want to marry, but more stronger. I yeah. Get, you know how they're coming out with a lot more stronger-type characters? Yeah. I'm losing the word. <laughs> I, I know what you're saying. That you strong know, female. Strong yeah. female role. Yeah. Which, which I find absolutely hilarious and stupid. I mean, I don't want to insult anybody, but when you're making a movie that's in a particular culture type... And during a certain time era, too. Yeah. And during a certain time era, and you have to make it 
for the modern world where people are going to complain if you're if you don't have a strong female role when back then they didn't really have it when yeah back then did, the, the female just, wouldn't i mean she wouldn't have been sultan mm -hmm. at all mm. yeah um and she wouldn't have you know if she complained about you know having to marry somebody her father chose or you know going through all of that and having to marry a prince like in the original she had to marry a prince um it's that wouldn't have happened realistically yeah and historically it wouldn't have happened and yet people now complain rather than think about it from the context of a historical mythological legendary yeah you know time frame it's like i don't know if there's any gamers out there probably a lot i i did a a game where i tried to make it as realistic as possible mm -hmm. and all of the players with the exception of two didn't get it yeah they they didn't understand how come their character wasn't you know the the character they were portraying in the game wasn't instantly you know the hero of the story it's like that's yeah. not how when you're when you're starting out brand new and fresh you're not going to be the hero of the story yeah it's kind of like with uh like when you take like time time errors <coughs> and stuff like with uh a game like you know like um that takes place in the dark ages or something yeah. like that and you know you're not going to have all these like things these instant gratification things that you would have in the now world scenario or yeah you know, yeah i now um playing back a little bit about the sultan so there has been no, even though there hasn't really been a female sultan, because I was just looking it up, there are known women who are, who when they marry will actually be very strong and guide, help guide their husband. And in history, there is this girl named Harem Sultan, 1502 to 15, uh, yeah, 1502 to 1515, 15, 15. <laughs> and she was a legal, she was the chief consort and legal wife of the Ottoman Sultan, Solomon the Magnificent. She had six children with Solomon. I'm not going to name them. If she... and, and the grandmother of Murad III. She became uh. one of the most powerful and influential women in the Ottoman history and a prominent and controversial figure during the era known as the Sultanate of Women. Controversial. See, that's... that's... Uh, See, I'm was... not saying that there aren't exceptions either. No. I mean, there, there, were, there are exceptions in history mm -hmm. where... The social convention, Joan of Arc, was a huge, yeah. huge aberration in the social conventions. Women didn't fight in wars, didn't happen, um, and for Joan of Arc to actually have been knighted, uh, and then later they needed somebody to blame, so they, of course they blamed her. <laughs> yeah. It, it, you know, if you want to look up the history of Joan of Arc, but I mean, even Mulan, the the Disney the Disney movie, who I believe Mulan is actually based Mulan off of is a, based off of a Chinese a, a Chinese folk hero woman. But Disney's Mulan is like taking Seven Up, freezing it, throwing it away, and drinking the water. The Chinese put out a movie about Mulan. That's worth watching. Yeah. I mean, the cartoon was. That's a fun little kid show that had that much to do with what happened. And there was no baby dragon. Yes. And what Henry <laughs> means by that little was probably like maybe 5%.
it's but. basically the it's, it's basically the plot structure basically the about the lady about the girl who went into the army kind of structure but yeah basically i mean history does have its exceptions yeah but for people nowadays to get i mean literally there was consideration to remove little house on the prairie from an award set because it displayed racial slurs and whatnot like yeah okay you know you may have heard in one of the other episodes my rant about the rant that i saw this on but i mean huckleberry finn and all of that people get been out it's like they're trying to rewrite history to make it politically correct for today yeah and that i, I have a little bit of a problem with that not saying that again that these movies that are coming out aren't good and you know but they are i i haven't seen aladdin uh, my wife my wife heather uh, recommends that I see it. I don't know if I want to. <laughs> what, Aladdin? Yeah, Aladdin. Yes. Aladdin's actually way better than the other two. Uh, they did a really great job. The only thing I... There's only two things I have an issue with. The first one is they... So they changed some of the songs up a little bit. Like, they keep the same songs, but yeah. they've been changing the background music. And the most annoying to me was when they did Whole New World, they got rid of the flute or whatever that little tink that had like a flute sound to it. Mm. And it, it's usually when they say a whole new world and they fly off and there's a slow break and it has this to do sound. Yeah. And they took that away and I'm like, gonna have the flute. It was awesome with it and now it's kind of a little bland. Now, my, qu- my question would be. Since I am all about villains, <laughs> how does Jafar play in this new movie compared to the old movie? He is actually a villain. They actually have a little. They did this kind of thing with Will Smith and Aladdin, where when Aladdin actually spoiler alert, yes, he meets Genie, and Genie's like, "Where's the guy?" He's like, "What do you mean, the guy that knows everything and?" wants everything all powerful oh he's outside okay <laughs> and then later on they actually meet him and will smith genie's like so that's the guy yes so he's basically he actually does they actually do a good job he's this guy who's obsessed with power yeah does it smart they didn't do a couple of the things that they normally did like they didn't do he didn't trap her in a sand and uh, didn't trap her in a sand a little hourglass. They didn't. Uh, he, I think he used some kind of mirror to see Aladdin. Mm. So he didn't. They didn't have that. But overall, he was a pretty good bad guy. Hmm. And more a little sub, subtle in some ways. Very big dick. <laughs> very, very big dick. <laughs> he was a douche. <laughs> All right. So for when everybody is hearing this. Um, before we close up on Aladdin, I um, just wanted to make one general announcement. So for those big uh, fans of uh, Disney who haven't seen it, um, there is a trailer that got launched for Mulan. Yay. I think the movie is actually set for a 2020 release mm-hmm. um, that would also be available on YouTube. So you can always go check that out on Which Disney's is website. We <laughs> And uh, it, it's kind of long for a teaser. I, I, I expected it to be a lot shorter <laughs> for some reason, but yeah, it's almost two minutes. Yeah, it's like it's so. pretty good. Yeah, 
definitely not much for the tease. All right, so we brought up Will Smith and stuff that he's been in, but there was a movie recently that he wasn't in that he has been in the franchise. And that was Men in Black International. Oh, I actually right. saw that we recently. We did see that. We, we saw Men that. in Black International. I actually saw that too, yeah. Yes. I have to say that I thought the movie was only okay. I'll agree. Um, I didn't think it was spectacular. I didn't... It's not a Will Smith movie. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't even I a, guess that's the, the best fact way to that say. Will Smith wasn't in it didn't bother me at all. Well, it wasn't up to that part. No. Uh, no. Yeah, I, I, it was definitely better than Men in Black 3. Yeah. Hmm. I don't remember. I, was, never, I never saw that one. It was, it was better than Men in Black 3. Um, but, uh, the villain is a little cliched. I did like the two... Uh, the twins. The twins that they were going after. That was actually... The way they did that was cool. I have to say, this last couple of years, I've been noticing the pattern that they've been making the villains the same thing, where... They're not supposedly the people you expect, but they're the people you look up to, which is probably a spoiler for you guys, sorry. And I'm sure you're going, this is, seems to be a pattern with all the movies. Even like, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, his father was the bad guy, ultimate bad guy. One yeah. of the ultimate bad guys. And I'm sure you're going, you know, there's just been this pattern. You and kill it's, him! <laughs> you to kill the son of a bitch! I mean, come on, it's a happy movie! <laughs> and so yeah it was so for me that part was a little definitely disappointing yeah but otherwise it wasn't a bad movie um, it was predictable yeah that it was, was predictable that was part of the problem as soon as they put out the concept of there being a mole within MIB yeah. and knew who it was yeah yeah I immediately knew who it was the one thing that was slightly different was the fact that he got his memory wiped yeah. That part I did not guess. Yeah, I did. I kind of had that figured out. Yeah. Um, the one thing I will say though, and this, maybe this, because I think this is more or less their their way of like rebooting the series. How come they have to start it off the same way they did with the original, where it's the weird squiggly squiddy <laughs> kind of bad guy? Like the hive is essentially uh-huh. just like. Um, I can't remember the actress's name, but the woman from the first movie who has the weird, like, green viney tentacles that come out and stuff. Or was that the second one? That was the second one. But the fact that they kind of have that kind of thing going on again, and it's kind of weird. Well, uh, tentacles are huge. Tentacles are slimy. Tentacles are creepy. Yeah. You know, that they're, they're going for the... It lets the idiot audience know that this is an alien that's not a human. It's not from here. Because we're all stupid as rocks. If you're occasionally, you'll get you'll see some film that some indie put out or whatnot. Yeah. That will just kind of like you'll be following a guy down the street, and then action happens and adventure and whatnot. And they don't spell everything out for you, so you know that this is the good guy, this is the bad guy. No, this is the bad guy. They just let you, you know, like reading a book. Go, oh, yeah, that's that's a bad guy. <laughs> The writers are getting back in, in the 70s. They're really bad at that. This is the bad guy. He's a monster. See, that's why it's got fangs stripping out while the opening credits are rolling. Really? This is supposed to be suspense. So that's just my little bit. 
Yeah. Oh, this is Henry, our uh, friend and roommate. So. <laughs> yeah, I occasionally pop in and throw random comments just to disturb things and show everybody my antisocial tendencies. Just, yep. just throwing that one out there. And for those who are fans of the Segway, or Segway Files who have not actually experienced the Sci Files, uh, Henry does make random appearances throughout that, too. Oh, yeah, constantly. He's our so, random guy. So go check the... Go <laughs> we kind of can't stop him in the middle of recording. He walks out and says, oh, you guys are talking about something I have an opinion on. I'm going to say something. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, another thing too I, I kind of thought was a little bland about this movie was their, them going back and you know like going back to the old times right mm-hmm. showing showing agents and you know other random occurrences that are happening you know moments where they were saving the world and it always feels kind of like kind of Agent Smithy almost like you're in the Matrix you know like mm-hmm. there's, there's something weird and generic about all these other agents when you know, for American agents, you know, like uh, the Tommy Lee Jones character uh, was, mm-hmm. you know, one of the more prominent characters, yet they don't really have any character that resembles him in this movie or, or even have a character that um, in the flashbacks that even resembles him slightly. And, no. um, and then Will Smith's character being another big thing and they just kind of they did have something in the in the third one with Will Smith they had a paint, the paint one of the paintings. well in this new one though in the new one there there is yeah. the paintings he's actually in one of the oh paintings. he's in the one of the paintings he's in one of the paintings they, yes. they they reference it but yeah and I think they even did yeah I think they did reference it too mm. even verbally but um action sequences I didn't mind they didn't really no I mean the the, the story of the movie was okay yeah yeah and I think they're going a little overboard with the. They went a little overboard with the weapon micronization. You know, where oh. it's this little tiny two by two inch box, and all of a sudden it opens up into this planet destroying weapon. Okay, I'm like, that was a little. That, that suspended my. Mm-hmm. Even my <laughs> fantastical belief system there for, you know. It's uh, like, no, I, I you know, if you're going to have this little tiny box I mean seriously even the doctor's TARDIS is the size of a, a police box all yeah. right you know <laughs> but you know that that was that was a little tough to swallow well yeah it kind of was yeah. first one they had the galaxy in a little ball this big and a bell yes I know so that's basically the same thing right yeah <laughs> but see that at least was that could have been the portal to that galaxy Oh. That didn't uh, necessarily mean it was the galaxy was so tiny it was contained in that marble. Uh, I but thought that was that could have just the been the access. But point. they but they did have those like uh, other things where they keep revealing like at the end of one and two where they keep revealing well it's in such a bigger place and like we're yeah. we're still in a really small corner of a bigger broader oh, picture. They did reference um, they had the I don't know if it was the same voice but they had the little dog next to the guy sitting yeah. in there he talked. Oh, that yeah. might have been, I, I just can't remember if it was the same voice. And now those little weird aliens, you know, the little skinny ones, uh, the weird faces and shit. Yep, the um, warm guys. Yeah, the warm dudes. They did make appearance. Yeah, they had their little moment. Yeah. I kind of like how they had their own, he, they had their own version of the, of the pawn shop guy. Yeah. In this movie. I thought that was pretty fun. I kind of feel like they could have done more with the trans transitions of some of it like in the first one i think 
Will Smith had a longer introduction before he actually became a Men in Black. Yeah. And this one, ten minutes later, she's Men in Black. And yeah. I understand why they did that. Mm-hmm. That didn't bother me so much. Yeah. I kind of like that, too, the fact that she was so obsessed. You know, yeah. that she knew yeah. everything about it and just... Had. She went to every like CIA. She went to the CIA, the FBI. Yeah, applied for the FBI and the CIA. <laughs> yeah. See, I could see that too. Yeah, yeah, I want the division that you know deals with aliens. Okay, you're not. You know, we're not going to hire you. <laughs> <laughs> and I think some of the character development, like, I know, I kind of feel like they just went from one point one, point two, point three, point four. I kind of feel like they needed more. I kind of feel like um, what's his face? So the guy. Um, Chris Helmsworth? Yeah, Helmsworth. Uh, I think they kind of short-sighted his mm-hmm. introduction. A they bit. actually never explained, unless they were talking about the memory erasing was the explanation, but they never really explained why he was the way he was. They actually never did. I, I think. I think the. Yeah, I think the wiping his memory had to do everything with um, how he was presented okay. nowadays. Because even that one guy, that ambassador from that one galaxy, said. There's something wrong with him, and I don't trust yeah. him. It's like, I need to know if I can trust you. you know? But they didn't... I mean, they kind of hinted that, but at the same time, they didn't really confirm Not it really, was due no. to that. But they they kind of pay... Uh, like, they kind of pay it off a little bit by presenting, oh, this is the bad guy, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was kind of... I don't know. It felt like it was a lot of the movie moved really fast and maybe could have... Was phoned in. Yeah, well, the movie was a little phoned in. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was only okay. So yeah. at least that's how I feel about it. Other people may think it's the greatest movie ever, but <laughs> I think it was just okay. Yeah. Sorry, Will Smith, better. And um, except for three. Except for three. <laughs> so, um, in addition to Disney trying to take over the world this way. Um, <laughs> God, they got the they got a bunch of new stuff opening up. Um, they're actually planning on doing like a Star Wars hotel, um, and kind of like a weird Star Wars theme, uh, kind of like a weird theme um, at addition to Epcot Center. So, or it's near Epcot anyway. So they got this um, Disney Vacation Club uh, property. Basically, it's the D twenty three. They're going to be opening up this uh new actually i think it's uh towards the end of the summer they've been advertising it already but um star wars galaxy's edge uh, which would be like their new theme themed attraction oh no i, no, I guess it's going to be at hollywood studios sorry my bad i was reading the wrong thing which is interesting so at hollywood studios um the project, formerly known as Star Wars Land, which is now going to be called uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, will be premiering where you can basically pilot the Millennium Falcon with you and your family. Interesting. God, imagine what kid's going to just destroy some shit <laughs> going into that. Yeah. yeah. And I wonder how many of those parents are being forced to be Chewbacca throughout, throughout that whole thing. <laughs> we need you in the guns, now! <laughs> I'm piloting the ship, damn it. <laughs> like, kid gets an attitude all of a sudden. I don't think it's that. It's more of how many times they're going to have to endure it. Oh, God, yeah. Because <laughs> the first time is probably fine. It's the fifth to tenth time where the kid's like, Mommy, Mommy, let's go again. No, yeah. the line was three hours. <laughs> it's I like, know, right? We can't do this again. We have to. 
find someone disabled and go with them. Oh my <laughs> god. Know? That's what my mom, well, that's not what my mom did, but she, uh, so my mom is partially disabled, so she has to have a wheelchair for long distances. Mm. And so when we did do um, Disneyland a long time ago in a faraway galaxy, <laughs> um, she had to use one. Of, she had to use the wheelchair, and so we got to pass all the lines into the front, which is great. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, let her on. She's really hard to load, which okay. I find totally, totally <laughs> silly. Because yeah, okay, I'm not bashing on disabled people and whatnot, but if you're in a wheelchair, you're getting to sit down, right? Yeah. This is true. Waiting in line for you is not as difficult as standing there for three hours waiting. Yeah. You know, unless you have, you know, unless there's some particular disability that causes pain and whatnot. And okay, I get that. But yeah. if you're comfortable sitting in your wheelchair for long periods of time. And this is another thing, too. I kind of wonder what portion of this will get expanded to being a part of the New Order. You know, where you get to be the bad guys in their ship, shooting at the, you know, the rebel ships. I wonder if they'll ever consider doing that. But it might be a little too sadistic for some kid to role play as General Hux. But they but, do it all the time <laughs> online anyway. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> they got all those different, like, especially with that newer, uh, like, with Battlefront and some mm -hmm. of those other games that have been coming out. Yeah, what they should do is do a laser tag theme. Oh, God. And do a bunch with the, red, the uh, you know, the Darth Vader side mm -hmm. and the other side, the, good, the, Je the Jedi side. I'd want to do a I'd want to do a laser tag theme on Endor. That'd be kind of funny. Just running around, everybody you see is an Ewok and starts shooting them. <laughs> it's like, no, you're not supposed to shoot them. <laughs> well, fuck that. I hate the Ewoks. Fuck you guys. <laughs> um. <laughs> no, but it's funny though they're doing Star Wars, a Star Wars thing in Hollywood, but not in Disney. Yeah, well, uh, well, I think it's just because like, um, just, uh, because which Disney would you pick, you know? So, mm -hmm. and they got so many different Disney themed things everywhere, and and one of those things is actually coming in the form of a hotel, um, and but later this year or twenty twenty, um, it's not confirmed yet, but a Disney, an actual Star Wars themed hotel, where. While they wait to for for the vessel to dock on an alien planet, um, uh, they can dress. You can dress up um, as a character from a galaxy far, far away, um, and select exclusive missions uh, to take on and interact with the cast of employees um, who will never break character. So imagine being on that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't do that job. Yeah, that'd be that'd be too hard, especially when you got these people just wanting to do weird stuff and. That'd be and, kind of a and you fun, gotta stick to the script. <laughs> I see that being a really fun LARPing thing where you could do. You know, if I was gonna do something like that, I'd go dressed as Star Trek and go into the Star Wars hotel. <laughs> yeah, right. And I imagine somebody's gonna do it. I, yeah, I really somebody's imagine gonna. Somebody's gonna do it. It's gonna turn. It's gonna turn into fanboys all over again. Yeah, <laughs> it's just gonna be all nuts. I. I mean, I personally, I think we talked about. We, I mean, we talked about this right before we started recording, but I would love to see this same kind of model done as a, the Deep Space Nine space station. That would be cool. That, that would, would be, be so cool. fucking rad. I would love that. I would just show up. 
I would be a Ferengi. I'd be trying to gamble my monies. <laughs> I'd probably lose everything, too, just to say. But, I could see him as a Ferengi. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, who would you trust with your money? A Ferengi you, or Data? You would probably portray a good one because you already have that mindset. Mm. I, I would definitely lose all my money for sure. I'd be that one guy. It's like he wants to he wants to spend all of his money on all this ore that doesn't actually exist, and then, <laughs> then you just lose. I just all. want the Ryan slave girls. That's what I'd spend my money on. <laughs> Guess I'll have to get a set like one for you. There you go. Bye bye. <laughs> yes, wives who uh, girlfriends and wives who whose husbands love Star Trek dress as the slave for Ryan girls. Oh yeah. <laughs> You can never ask for another role-playing experience like it. <laughs> well, you could. You can ask for many different ones that are like that. But uh, the pink, uh, green. But imagine doing that in the Deep Space Nine Hotel. That would be cool. That would be rad. And they can even have a thing near the parking lot where you can dock the Defiant. Or you can park the <laughs> Defiant. Just walk into a sim room and all of a sudden you're on the Defiant. Like, yep. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. Awesome. Ready to go. No, no, Deep Space Nine Hotel would be actually cool. I think I think Michael Dorn would shoot himself if somebody asked him to play Worf throughout that whole experience. Yeah. We need you to come back and play Worf for this one thing. No, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> like, come on. We'll give I you... I can imagine them We'll give having, you tons of money. Even in Star Wars, I could pop the Star Wars theme, I could probably imagine them having some of the characters, actual actors coming in occasionally. Oh, God. Doing the once in the blue moon, like, appearances. Oh, man. That'd be nuts. I mean, imagine if they did that with Star Wars. I mean, there'd be, there'd be a lot of, like, dream people. But the problem is, is a lot of those dream people are passing away really, so yep. really quick. So we lost... Uh, Carrie what? Fisher. And then the guy who plays Chewbacca. He yeah. passed oh, away really? recently. He passed away recently. Um, I don't know if the guy who played R2 is still around or not. I believe so. He probably is, yeah. It's amazing, too. It's a, guy, a lot of these guys were... I mean, they were young when, when it came out, but the fact they're still doing it now, you know, jumping inside the robots, so wheeling around, you know, <laughs> making weird sound effects and turning the head. It's kind of like, God. Oh, there was this one... You think you could just pay a guy to do that on a remote control, you know, just actually servos, was. you know? <laughs> so, in one of the... Uh, I think it's either it might have been WizardCon a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, there I was remember. a guy who actually created R two D two. Well, there's a almost, club. Or they did a yeah, like, almost I like saw a that. live. He, well, he did like a pretty much a life size version of R two D two. It was a life size version. And it had a remote control and everything, and he had it running around and doing all sorts of stuff. I, I want to say at that same event, it was either the WizardCon or one of the Rose City Comic Cons, where they actually had a bar setup area where they had all the stormtroopers and everything posed but they had a whole deck where they had a bunch of different r2 units nice. like yeah. they were like different colors different styles um it was really weird i just remember passing by that thinking how cool that was it's like i want yeah, the black the, one <laughs> the guy who was doing the, who was doing it said that they actually um uh, disney or who or lucas or whoever um uh, they actually was able to get. They were actually able to release the prints. Um, get the specs. For get the specs. Yeah. They yeah. actually were able to release wow. it to the public, and so they were able to actually get the actual specs for it. Now everybody can just make their own. Yep. It's like, hey, if you got all these spray paint and some other stuff, you can well, have your own R two unit. There is, a, and there is a guy. It's 
forged saber that actually creates the lightsabers, only not the actual ones where you cut you off, cuts you no, off. No, but the saber forge. Yeah. yeah. Fighting quality lightsabers. Yeah, and that's here in Oregon, too. Yeah, it's, forged, kinda... yeah. it's here in Portland. Oh, is it in Portland? It's I thought it was in Portland. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's cool, though. That's hella cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I applied to them to be their email person. Oh. They never applied back. <laughs> I was like, I want you. I want to work there. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so with uh, Spider-Man Far From Home uh, just recently coming out, there was uh, talk about... Um, there's, well, there's a lot of positive talk mm-hmm. about it. You know, yeah. The numbers it's been doing. Numbers it's been doing real good. Uh, I have to see it. Yeah, gonna go see it. Hmm. I'm gonna have to watch the second one. Cause I, I didn't watch it, but now I'm kind of like, I'll do this thing where, like, no, I'm not interested. And then when the third one's about to come out, I'm like, okay, I guess I'll see the second one. And then the other thing that's been kind of happening a lot, I've been reading a lot of weird things on social media, I've been seeing it on YouTube, just kind of popping up everywhere. Um, a lot of people kind of either calling out unnecessary um, race changes for characters that are already established in the MCU versus everybody who wants everything to be all-inclusive. The and thing is, is all the comics of Sour created were created when it was all mostly white people and... 1930s less. and onward. Yeah. yeah. The race, you know, a lot of the diversity wasn't really around. That's true. So, yeah, you're going to have that. Again, it's another one of those racial context issues where you've yeah. got, you know... I mean, sorry to tell you people, but Nick Fury in the comic books was white. He yeah. wasn't black. Give it up to Samuel L. Jackson, though. He does an awesome job <laughs> as Nick does. Fury. Yeah, you can't really see anybody else playing you him. You can't either. see anybody else playing him. But in the comics, he was white. And, you know... Maybe Timothy Olyphant. Uh, it, Idris Elba, I could see doing oh, no. Nick Fury. Oh, okay, so just like a completely different guy. Yeah. Yeah, he could do it. Yeah. He could totally do it. Uh, is that who's is that the guy that did um, the guy that I'm imagining is the guy that did the Men in Black, uh, the the recent Men in Black. Um, that Liam Neeson. Oh, he's, Liam Neeson. Yeah. He's the one Liam that Lisa. he's the one that became the <laughs> part of the hive towards the end. Yeah. 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 I can see him being Nick Fury, just a yeah. little bit. But then you kind of wonder he who's got the, the ransom money. Yeah. Yeah. He has an attitude for it. Um, but... My heart's always in dark, in, in dark man, every time mm-hmm. I see Liam and Neeson. The funniest thing, too, is... So, when you do plays... Yeah. Every, you know, nobody complains at all of, no. of a black person playing a white character. Not really, no. But when it comes to movies, they complain. Oh, yeah, no. The, the, um, the I think the biggest bitch from this movie was... Spider-Man. MJ. Yeah, MJ. Being a, a girl of color, not being named Mary Jane Watson, or, yeah, Mary Jane Watson, just having a completely different MJ name, but being referred to as MJ through the whole movie. Um, At least they picked a cute girl. <laughs> but, but even still, it's kind of like, there was a lot of people just bitching about that. I didn't even understand it at first. Like, I, I saw the preview and was kind of confused. I was like that girl's Mary Jane? But then, then you read into it more and her name's actually different, but 
It was just... She did seem like she was interested in acting, and I think the original MJ was actually into acting. Yeah. So it's kind of... I mean, there's a lot of weird changes with this movie, but then again, Spider-Man in this movie is just baby Iron Man. So he's, uh, yeah. he's not even like really traditional Spider Man. He's just fucking Iron. Well, Man, so. no, see, because the suit, so well. the suit that he's got yeah. um, in the comic books, he does get a suit that's very much like what they're showing in the movies. Really, the problem is, is that somebody takes it from him and becomes the Iron Spider. Oh, in the comic books. Oh, okay. And he's one of the characters uh, in the animated series that they've got. Uh, I think it's a Disney animated series yeah. where you'll end up with the Spider Squad where you've got Venom, Spider-Man, Iron Spider um, and then a couple of other characters who are Spider-based uh, hmm. heroes and you know I forget their names but yeah, the Iron Spider is one of the gets the Iron Spider suit Wow. so I mean it's not not completely outside of the It's box. not. it's not outside of you know and how they gave it to him in uh, that I don't know in the comic books if Stark is the one who built it, but that would make total sense if that was what was in the comics. Yeah, yeah. Because Spider-Man in the comics does become an Avenger. Yeah, like I think it's much later on. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. He does become an Avenger. I still like the kid that plays him because. He plays nerds so well. Yeah. Especially when he talks about the movies and he's like... But he's British people. Spider-Man was a New Yorker, not British. I'm sorry, I had just... (laughs) I had to do that. He's British. He's British. He's British, not a New Yorker. But he does a pretty good job uh, with his accent and everything. I'll say this about Tom Holland, that he's actually kind of proven himself almost to be a real Spider-Man. Because uh, it was also a thing um, a few weeks back um, in the news that uh, I guess at a at like kind of like a Comic Con like event. I don't know if it was Comic Con or some other kind of like public event. Um, he was doing an autograph signing, and there was a big kind of rage amongst the crowd trying to push through and trying to get themselves to the front of the line or to get themselves positioned in some sort of a line. And one girl was kind of getting crushed against the barricade. Like a much smaller girl, too. And he basically got up and got everybody to fucking back off and kind of save That's her. cool. That and cool. he was he was basically threatening to just toss everybody <laughs> signing material. That he was going to refuse to sign people's shit if they kept fucking with her. If they kept pushing themselves through. and mm-hmm. So he kind of like stood up for, you know, stood up for people and kind of and I think that's great because, like, not a lot of celebrities really give a shit. Mm-hmm. To, you know, at least they don't seem like they do. So to see somebody like that, you know, just be like, hey, settle the fuck down. I'm going to be here all day. <laughs> if you get to see me, you do. And if not, come back tomorrow. <laughs> but shit. Basically. But, yeah, I like it when they're fighting. When they, It seems to do it almost on a lot of their fight scenes when they when, in Avenger and... He'll do the fight scenes, and he's trying to relay a move, and he does it through a movie scene. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that old movie where, uh, I think it was like when he did the Star Wars scene, he said, remember that old movie that does it? <laughs> <laughs> and I think uh, Iron Man said, oh, I know what you're talking about, but the other guy was like, what? 
Yeah, so I think, I, I don't know, I think people just get way too up in arms about over-inclusion of well, everything, and just, yeah. in, in yeah. some ways, it doesn't seem like it matters, you know? As long it's as like, they can play the act, so yeah. they will do it well, they do it well. It's, it, it, it goes further than that, it's where they're, you know, even in back to Star Wars, when uh, Phantom Menace and all of that came out, they yeah. were complaining that the Federation, the Trade Federation, was, you know the Asian accent and the yeah. and they were getting all bent out of shape over it. It's like, look, people, when the aliens actually show up and let us hear what they sound like when they talk, we'll have something. But what they're trying to do is not, you know, make a stereotypical reference to a particular race or creed. They're trying to get an exotic accent to go along with an alien look. Yeah. That's all they're doing. Yeah. And why people don't get that, you know, well, George R. Binks being you know, Jamaican. Jamaican yeah. is like. I think Jar Jar Binks' accent was awesome. And now the character, <laughs> I could, I could, I could live with, without Jar Jar Binks or with yeah. him. You know, I, I can deal with it. But the whole, the whole accent thing was like, I thought it was great that they weren't trying to. It's like everybody speaks in. Because because it, it did fit their their race, you know, especially for the other Gundams, you know, yeah. that were around, you know, it, it actually fit. What so. people don't realize too is when you're making a race, or any character, when you're making any kind of race or culture, you're always going to end up. A lot of times, people base it off of various things. Yeah. In the culture, like Babylon Five, they did. Um, they did a couple cultures. They did like the Japanese culture. They did. Yeah. Um, Star Wars or Star Trek did it a the lot. Pier- yeah. Star Trek did it a lot. I mean, yeah. the Romulans. Romulans. Yeah. yeah, Romulus was uh, old. Was you know that was from Greek mythology, wasn't it? Based on names, or no, that was from what was it Roman, Greek culture or something like that? Greek. Greek, yeah. Romulan and Remus. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's always going to be a you know big reference to historical. Well, the Warcraft things. does it. Like yeah. it's a lot of the trolls are Jamaican. Yeah, and really think about, like, how many different, like, you know, characters in fantasy, you know, like, I mean, how many times are they going to remake orcs and we can only, goblins and... Mm-hmm. We can only, well, you know... Stuff like that. We can only work with what we've got and what we know, people. I yeah. Mean, I mean... You can only do... Yeah. Unless you're making some really weird original material on dust... On dust, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dust. Tell us, Ryan, what's going on with dust? Dust is still being awesome. Yeah. They're still putting out really good stuff. And there's a lot of like really new, a lot of newer material too that's featuring like mainstream actors. Yes. The the fact that they're able, even though it's even for a short, you know, for a ten minute short, five minute yep. short, you'll see like you'll see some mainstream actors doing some of these like small nice. movies. Yep. And, and that's a pretty big thing because I mean, God, could you imagine what it would take for them to want to do something like this, you know? And they don't really have that much flexibility in their contracts, you know? Or um, how many of these movies might step too far outside of the, um, of like the, uh, was it the Film Actors Guild? Um, SAG, Screen Actors. Screen Actors. I like called it the Film Actors Guild because it's South Park, but. <laughs> But for, for those of you who don't know who Dust is, Dust is, uh, what they're famous for is putting out a lot of short movies on YouTube and other video platforms, and a lot of them are sci-fi. Yeah. 
I mean, most of the ones I've seen have all been sci-fi. Oh yeah, yeah I haven't really. I've seen some some sci-fi horror crossovers, but for the most part, it's always sci-fi. Always sci-fi. Yeah. And it, you can look it up on YouTube, dust shorts and uh, or just animated shorts. If you look up animated shorts, you'll f- find dust in them all over the place. And I think on social media, it's like at at watch dust. At watch dust. Yeah. yeah. And. Some of the stuff that they've done, I wish were real full-length movies. Oh, I know. They've had some really, really gnarly shorts. Yeah. Uh, The one I watched recently was kind of a a mind flip because they have, it was, uh, it's called Unearthed. Yeah. So if you want to look that one up, the sci-fi short Unearthed. Yeah, it was done by Delang Films um, and used uh, and used on uh, on the dust platform uh, general story idea or idea was um, you know a group of uh, like basically two crew members from a uh, kind of a monitoring mining ship, ship some kind of mining ship yeah the, the Ezekiel I think that's what it was called yeah, looking for fossil fuels yeah on a dead world and uh, they end uh, one of the astronauts and you don't see their faces through the majority of the film. Mm. And uh, one of them ends up crashing into a room uh, a- after they land on a dead planet. And he's looking around and he finds a bunch of human remains. And that's when you see the face and you realize that it's that they're on Earth and it's an alien race that's prospecting Earth as a dead planet. Yeah. And... I mean, and the the fact that they have so many variations of different types of movies, you know, like the, like they're very open ended. You know, yeah. you'll see animated shorts on there. You'll see, see live uh, action shorts. shorts yeah. yeah, and a lot of unique uses of CGI, which I have to yep. say, some of those are really fucking cool. Like some of them are very good. You kind of wonder why these people don't even have bigger jobs doing other stuff, unless they do. You know, and that's why they're just making these passion projects, you know, and putting them out, but. Um, it, Dust has even made a few, uh, or has even worked on a few feature-length films, um, but they're actually under their banner. Not made. I think they. I don't know if they outsource the, the work to other s- smaller studios or whether or not they actually make it in house in their own studio. But um, there are a few to, of those movies out out there. Guess we'll have to find a contact and try to question them. Yeah, for sure. Um, they would definitely be a really fun. Uh, a fun chat, especially for um, all the different materials they have out there. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, and this kind of brings brings in mind uh, to the current season of uh, Black Mirror, which is actually on Netflix. Uh, for those who haven't seen Black Mirror, it's kind of a Twilight Zone-esque kind of show uh, that takes a look at technology um, and what it can and can't do. And they kind of they, they've had this running theme, especially with, like, um, a different level of augmented reality where people kind of take these, like, uh, chips and kind of put them against their temples and it kind of reads into their, um, or kind of puts imagery into their brain. Um, and you'll see these different things happen and you can interact with the different things. Um, and they've had several different episodes in different timelines going all the way back to almost nowadays times. And... There's a, the first episode of the new season actually does that. It actually does go to maybe about five years from now, uh, cool. where they come up with something like this, and 
and then flash forward in that storyline about 10, 15 years, and they're, they've advanced video games so much that that's the next level of, uh, of what the gaming industry ends up being. Um, and there have been various iterations of that throughout the whole series um, in the different seasons. I think one of my favorite ones was uh, the use of the same technology where elderly people were kind of living out their lives in this weird virtual world. Um, and kind of having having their own kind of uh, life almost after death or even after like you know living isn't our outside living isn't really a yeah. thing anymore um, real sim- similar to that movie surrogates but not in reality reality <laughs> even though the movie surrogates is pretty fucked up <laughs> um, but yeah black mirror kind of They've been kind of doing some different stuff. Uh, they only put out three episodes this year for their uh, current season, but they do have like a feature-length film that's actually a choose-your-own-adventure kind of movie yeah, that you can cool. actually interact with and you can pick the next steps and chapters that you go to, um, and it's all choice-based. So you can have different viewing experiences for the same movie multiple times. That's neat. Yeah, it's a very cool concept. I'm surprised, you know, more after that came out that more people weren't doing it. But, of course, a lot of people have reserved comments about what they thought of the experience themselves. And maybe it might not have been in the storylines for them, but, you know, maybe further down the road, much like you'll see in that movie Hardcore Henry, you know, that's all first person. Like, you know, the whole movie is like first person. It feels kind of like a shooter video game. Um, that they'll have some other kind of movie that will come out that will, you know, be in that same vein, just like this project, you know, where you yeah. can have a different kind of choose your own adventure thing and maybe able to feel way more interactive than you want it to. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, uh, but the current season is still a good watch. Um, you know, check it out on Netflix. Uh, and there isn't really much of a show like it. I actually like it better and I like the newer site or the newer Twilight Zone, which uh, which is the Jordan Peele produced show, and this is like CBS. what the fourth time Twilight Zone's been remade. Pretty much, yeah. Because um, yeah, I thought I can't even remember what the it's last like every time. every every decade they got to come out with a new Twilight Zone. Yeah, like I can't even remember the last time they actually did it, but the last one I remember watching was the one with Forrest Whitaker. So that, <laughs> that was, and I think that was nineties or something. It was nineties, like yeah. yeah. Yeah, they kept Netflix since we're on Netflix and all. Yes. A couple things is they came out with Mr. Inglesias, which we've watched. I don't. I have. Oh yeah, that show. Uh, (laughs) Gabrielle Inglesias did a Netflix sitcom. Yes. Oh god. Yeah. Which wasn't too bad. Um, It's kind of hokey or (laughs) cheesy. Maybe is a good word. Maybe kind of like a B-rated sitcom. But 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 should it be though with him? You know, it's kind of. Yeah, it kind of feels like it's a B-rated sitcom to me, even with him. I mean, it's made, it made me laugh. Yeah, it yeah. made me laugh it, a few it, times it, and it, snort. So, but it's, <laughs> not, it's, it's got some good, it's got some good stuff to it. Yeah. But it's, uh, it, it's a sitcom. I mean, that's yeah. The uh, only sitcom I've ever liked that had a, a comedian in is Tim Allen. Oh, the yeah, he was the only one that I that I've liked for the most part that came out with sitcom. And Last Man Standing. And Last Man. Standing. Well, Tim Allen is in, like, Home Improvement, yeah, Last Man Standing. Yeah. They've both been great. Yeah, because there have been so many. I mean, you have, like, different guys who, like, who have, like, you know, stand-up careers who will mm-hmm. kind of take the 
kind of take the walk and start doing some different kind of stuff. Robin Williams, too. Um, yeah, Robin Williams was one. Um, yeah. Fucking uh, another one would be like uh, like some, you know, like everybody loves Raymond, Ray Romano. Yeah, Ray Romano. Um, George Lopez had his own show for a little bit. Yep. Um, I think that one lasted longer than, well, outside, I think outside of like, because Bill Ingerville tried to do one and then yeah. it lasted more than a season. Whitney Cummings tried it too, kind of, kind of yeah. shit, went up shit creek. Uh, but Bill Ingerville is actually in Last Man Standing. He makes appearances a couple times. Oh yeah. He he's plays the preacher. He plays the preacher, <laughs> yeah. I know Seinfeld's was probably one of the most successful. Yeah. But his show was off the wall yeah it was completely it was a show about nothing yeah (laughs) basically pretty much and then to take that show concept where the you know like with the main producers turns around and makes uh you know uh, curb your enthusiasm just almost just as popular um and using the same exact approach which i thought was crazy because i when, when that show came out i was like i didn't know what to think about it i was like yeah i don't know if i like this or not but larry david can be funny you know, he actually could be funny, and and then to see other characters from Seinfeld on that show playing themselves, yeah. in a weird way, and it, uh, God, that was so strange, but it, it still it was still funny at that moments. Wasn't as good as Seinfeld. But. And then the I think, one. I think show... Louis C.K. C.K. He had two of them, didn't he? I don't remember. Yeah, Louis C.K. I think had like two of them. Uh, he had one on like HBO and he had another one on like FX maybe something like that and I know uh, Jim Jeffries he was another one who had in their sitcom and his show was a little fucked up <laughs> have you ever seen any of his stand up it's yeah it's like whoa and then the one that I'm getting I'm actually almost done with is called The Princess Weyoung and it is she's watching Korean dramas <laughs> Korean dramas and this one's actually really good I think outside of those outside of the drama part I think Axel may even like it because they have a lot of cool fight scenes and yeah, I don't like reading my shows though <laughs> yeah it is in it's in Mandarin or something and um, I've been getting into these sitcoms mostly just because I'm bored with American sitcoms now. They're always the same. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of the Asian ones, and Netflix comes out with these. Um, like, I think, I don't know if Netflix is just joined with someone, but they all say, this one I don't think says Netflix original, but Netflix has been doing like a lot of the original uh, for this stuff. But, yeah. Um, in the Korean area, but... Princess Wayang is about this chick who, um, she was a princess, and her father, when she was born, her father had to be, had to turn himself, well, didn't turn himself in, but it was, it's based off in the Wei Kingdom, mm-hmm. Wei Kingdom, <laughs> and they were, he went ahead and basically said, okay, sure, I'll give up, I don't want my people hurt in the mm-hmm. war. Because we're a small town, we're basically a really small kingdom versus this kingdom. So he went away for twenty eight years, came back, and then the Chien not the Chien family, which is kind of like this family that had been dishonored like ages ago, and are now trying to use that power. They created a hoax, hmm. a coup is what they call it. Yeah. Back then, and basically staged it to where they're actually considered rebels. 
and hmm. basically slaughters everybody. Wow. And the princess and a couple other and a couple of her um, close people actually survives. Hmm. And so she meets up with this girl who become who was an illegitimate daughter of the prime minister, who was raised in the country, and she the the, the legal wife, Madame. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm totally not kills, following you. Shush. I'm totally not following. Shut up. No. She ends up trying to kill the legitimate daughter before I she. I think you're down. like trying to ex- dis- dis- describe the entire series from beginning to end here. I'm trying to tell you the story. Well, I'll tell the whole thing because some people might want to actually see it. Yeah, people might want to watch well, it. Well, either way, she tries to get exact revenge and stuff like that yeah. for her family, and it's actually, for the most part, they did a really great job with the storyline. And the fight scenes are really cool. I'm not sure how believable the fight scenes are, but I can kind of see yeah. some of them. I can see some of it kind of believable and some not. There is a lot of framing. Yeah. I swear, there's probably tw- there's fi- there's 54 episodes and there's 54 episodes, and they've probably done one third of that in framing somebody, including yeah. the main character. And I'm like, can you just walk? I'm at this it's called point, politics. Yeah. Yes, it's she gets framed, literally ten to twelve times in the entire season. In the entire season, and I'm like at this point, I'm like she's innocent. She's been framed. <laughs> That's like the only real downside. I think there's always a. I mean, like for me, I've been getting into some new shows. Um, one of the shows I've been into recently is a BBC original that just ended its second season um, this year, which is uh, Killing Eve. Uh, it's based on a book series called uh, Codename Villanelle. And the series is kind of like a... It's kind of a show about an, MI, uh, an MI5 agent who is hunting down what she believes to be a female assassin, which is almost like unheard of. Um, especially for the level of kills and the um, amount of kills that are actually happening. And uh, the show kind of plays itself out to be a little bit like Dexter has some quirkiness to it. Um, And it is pretty vicious, but uh, for the most part, they're almost like weirdly unwinding this very almost strained kind of love interest relationship between the agent and the woman she's hunting so it's kind of interesting it's got Sandra Oh in it uh, as the lead um, which I, I love Sandra Oh so <laughs> she's like probably one of my favorite uh, indie like film actresses yeah all I've been doing is binge watching Big Bang Theory yeah ta-da I mean yeah it's, it's pretty much done now isn't it yeah it's yep, over it's over the, some of the cast members have made noise about you know they would be happy to continue without Jim Parsons, who played Sheldon. I mean, just because he's not the... I mean, I don't see the... Well, he's... He's one of the three stars of the show. Yeah. Doesn't mean... He he doesn't... I think think what he's trying to do is maybe expand his uh, his, his film... uh, You know, his film... Well, well, I mean, he did go on for 12 years. Yeah. That's why NCS is almost like all the characters are almost gone. All the original characters are almost gone now. Yeah, because they just phase them out and just bring in new guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, the guy that played um, the guy that played Tony, he got a um, he got his own show. He got his own show, which I find kind of funny because he looks like he actually kind of gained weight. Well, the season finale of NCIS brought back uh, Cody 
Cote to Pablo hmm. um, as Ziva. Mm -hmm. So Ziva came back. Oh. Wait, I thought she died. Nope. She probably did not die. She did not die. They never found her body. Hmm. But she's the one that had the kid with Tony, right? Yep. Huh, interesting. Hmm. But yeah, so yeah, a lot of times the reason why some of these actually end is because a lot of times, you know, 12 or 13 years in the seasons usually to the point where actors are ready to go, okay, because oh, they can't quite agree to do things. Be like, for instance, Blind Spot, uh, the main character lady who also played um, in Thor. Um, I forgot what her name is, but she did one of the characters in Thor as one of the warriors. Um, and then she did an appearance in Marvel Ages of the Marvel Sif. series. Sif. She played Sif. The um, reason okay. why she actually was not in the third movie of Thor was actually because of schedule conflict with Blindspot. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That was, I actually did read that. Because I was wondering about, I'm like, what about her? And I'm like, oh, it's because of this. But there was hint that she, what, that she may have possibly going to be in the Avengers series, but... It never happened, I guess. And she was played by um, uh, Jamie Alexander. So, um, stuff like that. So, a lot of times, series kind of keeps people from being able to do movies and stuff. So, when stuff does happen, you know, 12 or 13 is to the point where, like, okay, we're ready to move on. Yeah. Um, I think the... Uh, I think that's why I never get bummed out if, like, certain... Sh I'll get bummed out if a show ends after three seasons or four seasons. Actually, ready for the Big Bang Theory to end? Firefly. Just... Yeah, Firefly, Firefly was yes. a big one. I, because mm -hmm. like sci-fi didn't have that many good shows at that period. I mean, they were starting uh -huh. to build up their catalog. Like Eureka was, you know, fairly okay for the most part. Yep, I um, loved Eureka. And because there wasn't really much of a replacer for like mm -hmm. Farscape when that went away. Farscape but, was cool. Yeah. Well, except towards the end, it got yeah, the, it got a little dumb. It got it got a little <laughs> they used to little out there, especially with the all uh, Scorpius thing. And, yeah, uh, yeah, I got. They used to. <laughs> but I, um, that's all. You know, the worst part is, is that's the part I remember the most about it was the last season. <laughs> it's like trying to get that out of your head. You're like, oh god, it makes you want to go back and rebinge the show just to get up to that point and then stop watching it. Like, I wonder if they're ever gonna remake Firefly. No, they now. ended it with the movie. But I know here in Portland they're going to be doing. Well, they continued it through the comics. They're, they're going to be doing, um, like, a showing of the original Serenity movie episode that mm -hmm. started the show. Um, not the movie itself, but the uh, the the episode entitled the pilot episode mm -hmm. called Serenity. Um, that'll be actually playing at the Hollywood Theater later this month in July. So mm -hmm. I think it's like July twenty fifth. I think. I have that right? Yeah, I think um, when I was reading about Firefly ages ago, because I didn't even knew about Firefly until Serenity came out. Yeah. And then that's game and because when I was trying to watch Serenity, I was like, what the heck? I know, because it's so different. It's and even like, after I tried, we wa I watched Firefly and then went back to Serenity, I was still so confused because it was years later and I'm like, huh? Yeah. Yeah, and I remember. Of course, he killed my favorite character. Yeah, I remember when it came out because like I I watched the first season on TV, and then I kind of lost track of it because you know some shows did that. I did that with Millennium too, where just like I, I watched the first season on TV, yep. and then you too much stuff happens in your adult life, and you're like fuck, I don't have time for it. 
So then you think you're going to catch up on the weekends or if they're going to play a rerun at some point, and they don't. And then, and then after a while, you have to wait for the DVD set to come out on the video. And then video. you find out it's canceled. Yeah, then, then it's gone. And then you're like, should I really watch it now? Son of a bitch. <laughs> so that happened, for, that happened to me with that show where it was like I got to a point where I had to wait for the DVDs to come out. And it was a whole year later. Yes. And then by that point, the show was still going, and it was just like, oh, shit, now i got to catch up. And it's like, Welcome to DVR now. I know. Back then, I just I I would have loved to have the setup I have now, back uh, back in the early two thousands. I could actually almost pinpoint when a show's going to be actually canceled now, just because I almost have the pattern. They have like this pattern, and mm-hmm. so you kind of have this sixth sense of because they did. I knew um, what was someone that we were trying to watch that. Um, Whiskey Cavalier. Whiskey Cavalier. After the first few episodes, I was like, it's going to cancel because I already figured out what the problem was and everything. And lo and behold, it got canceled. Wow, that's futuristic. <laughs> anyway, that stupid guy outside <laughs> blaring it or yeah, revving his stupid motorcycle. During the summertime, we get a lot of motorcycles in our area, especially the. Actually, I think we get a lot of the motorcycle games here. Yeah, there's a couple of them. You know what those two guys going by right now? It almost sounds like the Tron bike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there is a group of motorcycles that also does detoy drive every year. Oh, yeah. From, from, for OHSU or something. That's cool. At least, the, at least there are decent biker gangs out there. Yeah. They're, not, they're not all about taking your money and like no. destroying shit. But we do get a lot of the biker gangs down here during the summertime. I see them occasionally drive by. Well, yeah, do you that. can't ride your bike anywhere any other time in Oregon except for the three <laughs> weeks of summer. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's those, uh, there's just so many different shows, but it's kind of like that one show, um, uh, Wayona Earp. Yeah, I never got into it. I tried. It, I never it, got into it, it feels like a show that's going to get canceled. <laughs> it really I'm does. I'm surprised it lasted this long. It reminds me, it's kind of like a female yeah. version of Supernatural, but be rated. It reminded me of the show Sleepy Hollow when that came out. I, I liked Sleepy Hollow. The first couple seasons were actually pretty good. Yeah. But then, but then they dropped the main actress, and you're like... She dies or something. Like yeah. That. And then they replace her, and it's just not the same, and then it got canceled. There it is. <laughs> it's like... Same well, thing. when they did the Sleepy Hollow Bones crossover... I oh, was like, God. That was, that was horrid. Yeah, that and was. I, well... The problem with that one too is this one's all about magic. This yeah. one's not. Yeah, one's yeah. one's rooted in reality and one's the supernatural. And, and I, like, I I swear, uh, uh, what what's her name? Deshaniel, the main actress in Bones. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, uh, uh, yeah, one of the Dejanel sisters. I can't. Dejanel, yeah. yeah. She, you, I could swear, watching that episode, you could tell she was like not pleased at having to do the crossover. Oh yeah, that was probably it, it came through in her acting. Yeah. Well, was, you just don't do you don't don't mesh that way because yeah. you know Bones was not a supernatural one. You know they're not like Castle wasn't even supernatural even though they did play on a few cutesy little possibility ones. Yeah. Like the time thing. Where they did the one where um, the guy who declared he was from the future mm-hmm. kind of thing. But they never really said if he was or wasn't in the end kind of stuff. <laughs> so you've had a 
a, a regular um, kind of uh, journey through the world of cell phones as of late. Oh, yeah, huh? Yeah. Yes. You should tell us about that. So, I think the last time I talked about it was I was leaving Sprint because it got expensive. For my phone and my husband's phone, it would have cost almost $200. Which is bad because they're like the third banana in a, in a, in a really weird four-wheel yeah. thing. Yeah. You know? Well, they're also being bought out by T-Mobile, I heard. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's what I've heard so far. Like, way to give up. And <laughs> they're, doing, they're, getting rid of per, they're, getting, they're getting rid of their gig system and doing unlimited. Which, when yeah. I, I could definitely tell from coming from Verizon that... The download time, I'm sorry, 1% was huge for me. It yeah. was slow. It was annoying. I couldn't use um, my stuff in certain places that I used to with Verizon. So I got rid of them, and we got to Xfinity Mobile, because my dad has it, and he's had Xfinity Mobile for years. And they're actually pretty cool. They use the Verizon network. I do find it maybe slightly slower than actually being with Verizon itself. However, it's not that much of a difference. Yeah. Um, I still have pretty good coverage. They have per they have a I think it's like twelve dollars per it's like twelve ninety nine per gig or unlimited, which is forty five dollars or something mm-hmm. like that. So I have the unlimited. My husband has the per gig because he doesn't use his phone as much. Uh, text the texting and the calls are free on your phone and then you also have your phone if you have a payment with it um, and then insurance so I pay my bill my first bill that's coming up is $92 and we're doing a commercial for Xfinity here Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes we should shoot this to Xfinity so we can do a commercial my phone bill is under $100 yay and, and the, the other thing is, too, with Xfinity, you're, um, like, let's say if you don't have Xfinity's XFi um, internet, with the phone, you have access to their online network. Yep. So the the one thing that's expected is that you should be able to get Wi-Fi almost anywhere. Yep. Major problem with it is that a lot of places don't have open Wi-Fi. Nope. And they have blocks. And so that's where the snag kind of comes into play. But a lot of places are also offering that one little certain amount of signal that you can actually oh, tap into. So, um, yeah. So, for me, it's been uh, mostly it's like the hotspot Wi-Fis. Yeah. And then, of course, you'll find the ones that are open and the password ones. Yeah. And then you have it set to connect automatically to any of those. As long the, as it's Xfinity Wi-Fi, it'll yeah. connect automatically. Yes. And, well, and, and the and ones that you, also, you have a setting, too, where you can... Uh, to ones that you have already have access to, yeah. it actually will automatically connect you and, to the previous ones. And that's actually a lot broader than a lot of people realize because Xfinity is not... Ju- like, Comcast isn't just Xfinity on the West Coast. It's um, also um, got different subsidiaries in the South, mm-hmm. Midwest, East Coast. Yeah, they're getting East they're Coast. expanding. Like, yeah. I remember the time when... I think it was we used to have... We were in downtown Washington, Vancouver. Yeah. And I think it used to be AT&T that used to have the cable, was it? AT&T used to have cable, yeah. yeah. it was AT&T that used to have cable, and then one year it got switched to Comcast. Yeah, I I remember that, uh, because they took over for... 
like here in Oregon, they took over for Willamette Cable because Willamette Cable, there was like four or five cable companies back in the day and then Willamette Cable got absorbed and then became AT&T because that was the bigger one out here. And yeah, then, I remember we had AT&T and then it was Comcast and then Comcast is slowly going into the marble, you know, and then recently it's been all these hot spots. And so yeah. they're growing really huge and I've never really had as much issues with them. Mm-hmm. And if I did, they've always managed to fix it. Um, so, you know, I have nothing but no, I have, like I said, I have no complaints with them whatsoever because they're usually pretty good about everything. Um, now what's your feeling as far as, okay, so let's say if Sprint actually does get absorbed. So what's your, so what, what's the feeling right now of stepping into, or a lot of the networks stepping into 5G? So I'm a little confused about what they're talking about 5G now because... The funny thing is, is they're saying 5G is LTE, is what I'm getting at. And LTE is supposed to be slower than 4G. So, but my phone always says LTE is Actually, well. LTE is the max. So LTE on any phone is the max. But okay. 5G hasn't been launched in this country yet. Okay. Um, they're still working on it. They were like, I think it was like a bigger project in like China and a few other uh, countries where they were trying to check the specs on it because you can't make a you know for as far as like um regulations on electronics for the world they have to be able to make sure that all the modern phones as well as all the phones previous to, or or future run phones like will be able to live up to the the amount of uh, emh levels that get put out um by the by the phones themselves so because there's a lot of people who believe that like a 5g phone will like kill you <laughs> but the thing is, is even a crappy cell phone company like, um, like uh, Huawei, um, if I'm saying that right, H-U-A-W-E-I, which is um, a Chinese cell phone manufacturer, um, their phone specs are already set up for 5G. And that was as of three or four years ago. Ours is too. So. Because. And, I mean, if, if theirs is, I'm sure everybody's yeah, is because. Because Sprint talks about 5G, but all yeah. I see is LTE and. Yeah, because that's, that's really all they're going to offer. And I, I think yeah. Sprint's max is 4G. I think that's. Well, they the, do LTE as well, but to me, their LTE is sucks. <laughs> yeah, but I think. Because I, I had LTE I, all the time. Yeah. From what I understood, though, is like that's just like what their max is. Like if they reach their max and you're able to get full strength, then that's the qualification for the you know getting in there, getting with fully within their cell towers. But but yeah, any we'll but any see five G, we'll see. Yeah, but any more. I mean, you look at all the different places. Like because every state's going to be different. You're going to have more of certain towers in certain regions and. Um, for a lot of the Portland area, um, especially where I live, it's predominantly AT&T, which is why I switched to it. But then when you travel too far outside of the Portland spectrum and you're like in certain parts of like Gresham or <laughs> like other places, um, outside of the, outside of city limits, then you lose signal and it's like, oh, it's so terrible. Um, and then anywhere else, if you, you have Verizon then you're cool no matter where you go. You can even go out to the woods. <laughs> it could be completely fine. A couple times when I had Verizon itself, that we actually lost a signal, and that was up when we were passing Mount Hood. Yeah. When we went to meet up with Victoria that one year. I think my only issue with 5G is that the speeds they're promising for max 5G 
That's got to be really expensive. You got to imagine your phone service is probably going to be like two or three hundred bucks a month <laughs> just because of that as the sell point until it becomes more readily available and they've Honestly, brought down as costs. Long as I've had cell phones and they've said, you know, 2G, 3G, 4G, I've never noticed any particular difference in any, yeah. any of the service between 2 and 3 or 3 and 4G. Yeah. Honestly, I haven't. I think, to my mind, saying 5G is just another way of saying, ooh, hey, we got something new, and that's why you should go with us. Yeah, um, marketing. <laughs> I have seen some differences, like, at least now that we're in the higher speeds, when you get way down signals to, like, a little bit, and you see, like, mm-hmm. maybe G or 3G or whatever, it's, you really know there's, there is that difference hmm. when you're, you know, but I'm on my phone more than he is, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah then, I definitely use mine a lot, too. So, yes, if you are in thinking about going to Xfinity Mobile, definitely give it a try. Bring your phone. Uh, they don't, you would, I would probably call them ahead of time and find out uh, what phones are, what phones you could bring over because they're only bringing over the new iPhones. Yeah, uh, a, lot, a lot of the uh, services, like uh, I mean, like they'll even tell you uh, when you call them, if you have AT&T, they won't take you over. Yep. So if you have an iPhone, because iPhones are the most universal, um, all you have to do is put anybody's SIM card in it and it's ready to go. They're not, um, man, they're not manufactured to be specifically for any phone company. Um, so, so if you have an iPhone, make sure if you have AT&T, make sure your contract's not up or, the, or the, your contract is up and then you, you don't really need to sign over. Just cancel it, give it three days, make sure you, the phone's completely unlocked from their system and then try to take it over to Verizon uh, or, um, or Xfinity. And then of course if you're going with a new phone, just talk to Xfinity, they'll let you know what you're approved for. Yeah. I was approved for a new phone, my husband, uh, we, because he's coming onto my account, um, he, we couldn't get approved for him to get a new phone so we just bought him the cheapest phone they had which is a Moto, I think it's one of the, Moto, one of the new Motorola's for $120. Hmm. Um, so all you do is you go in there and you sit, you tell them what you want, you find the phone, and if they'll you know get everything going for you, cancel what you already had and switch yeah. you over. And the only payment you have to pay up front is your first month of the phone device. Yeah. So yeah. mine was like four, like $39 for my, is my monthly, cost for my phone so I only had to pay $39 up front and I don't know if they're adjoining the services or not but I know that when you like from the mobile site there's actually like an Xfinity thing you can sign up for it's it's like a it's an online streaming app but okay. it's just an app and you pay $10 per tier that um, oh, that's Sprint no that's uh it's through uh, Xfinity like I've actually seen it already. It's, I would uh, have to look at it because Sprint did this tier thing where it was Hulu. Oh no, it's not that. No, okay. like what it is is like you get basic channels for ten dollars, and then for an additional ten, you get another expansion of channels. But it's a, just a streaming app. It's like it's a lot like um, the AT and T Direct TV now, uh-huh. and um, Sling TV, which was uh, the oh, one okay, for okay. Dish Network. Um, but it's Xfinity's got their own version of it, and like I, I think upon sign up with Xfinity Mobile, you're supposed to be able to get free HBO. 
supposedly. I'm not sure if they're still doing that promo. No, I have a. All I know is I have their. I do have their streaming app that you can that you actually go on that accesses your actual account. Oh, your cable account. Your yeah, cable yeah, account. that's different. Oh. Yeah, this one's like a build your own TV experience, just purely based on the apps, which is cool because yep. that's where everybody's going now. Because um, like Hulu's expanded their network, YouTube, Facebook—they're all like expanding. You know, Amazon's got their own thing now. It's like everybody's trying to take their own lion's share of the profits, <laughs> if you can even call it that. Because I don't know who's really sharing. Because <laughs> I know right now um, Hulu's kind of on its last days. I think by twenty twenty two, it'll be completely owned by Disney. Oh, wow. Yep, because Fox owned the majority of uh, Hulu, and now Disney owns Fox. So the contracts with the other uh, service providers, um, like Comcast, owned part of it. Oh, really? A lot of the Fox shows are being sucky? Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. If If a lot of shows are becoming sucky and canceling, it's because Disney bought it. Yep. No offense, Disney. Yeah, so, sorry uh, you guys. Made Lucasfilm, you made um, Star Wars suck. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that they eventually um, migrate the Hulu uh, Hulu users over to their Disney app eventually. You know, I hear people say that the Star Wars suck, but I've liked all of the Star Wars movies that have come out. I haven't liked. I didn't mm-hmm. like the. Uh, I liked one, two, uh, and three, four, five, and like six, one, two, and, and seven and eight so far. I did not I'm like looking. One, two, I'm looking forward to number nine. I think I'm kind of in the dark about that. I like episode five. I like four, five, and six because it's the original and you can't beat the originals. But I don't like one, two, and three because I'm sorry, it was just kind of poorly done. Seven, I have to say, was number five, uh, number four all over again. Yeah. But I still liked it. Yeah. I didn't mind four. Um, I know as far as the new Star Wars go, because like, I like The Empire Strikes Back. It's always going to be my favorite. Um, a non CG rendered version of it. Like, I, it took me a long time to find an original version of it, but I found one. Um, but I really liked the side movies that they made recently, like Rogue One and Solo. I love those. Those were really good. I Solo to me was Ocean's Eleven in space. <laughs> but, you know, I was a little disappointed in Solo. It wasn't as I was. I didn't get the. I want to be on his side, hurrah, hurrah, kind of feel with that. See, I'm, I'm just looking forward to the follow-up, because like, I, I like the movie as a whole because it was funny and entertaining, but seeing Darth Maul kind of showing up at the end with his robot pants, mm-hmm. I, I'm all about that now. So, like, fallout from uh, anything you've seen Darth Maul in around Clone Wars era, um, robot pants... If he ha- if they make one more movie with Maul in it, that'd be cool. I can imagine they're probably only going to use a little bit of him because mm-hmm. otherwise it's going to be impossible for any for anybody to beat him. You know? <laughs> yeah. Because first off, he has robot pants. Secondly, he's a Sith. <laughs> Is that funny? If you have robot pants, I can beat you up. No. Nope. Man, could you imagine having those? Nope. That's a lot of work to clean up. Every yep. day. And you imagine, you're like sitting down eating, you're spilling food on yourself. Fuck! I should have put a towel down. God damn it. You know, like it's getting into your fucking gears and your fucking everything. And 
messing up your wiring, you gotta unplug yourself, take off a leg, wash it, make sure you re-oil it so it doesn't rust, <laughs> put it back on. It's a lot of maintenance. <laughs> So you hire someone to do it. Of course, my crazy imagination is just making it more work than it really is. But <laughs> that's where you just. Hire if you're somebody. gonna hire somebody to clean your robot pants, you better be getting happy endings. Right. Yeah. God, what kind of happy ending happens when you just have robot pants? You grease all over the place. Mm, maybe. Ew. Ooh, can you feel everything? I've always wondered about that. Like with the uh, with the other movies, you know, like where, where, where they. Um, where characters have gotten more appendages. Because I remember there was that fight scene with um, General Grievous in episode three, and it seemed like he reacted when he got his robot arms cut off. Well, I think so, because... Well, I th- you can, because they showed it when, after, when Luke was getting his hand replaced, uh, how he, he did the tests on it yeah. and he felt it. So. yeah. So I imagine that there was a nerve connection, but I don't know that General Grievous had nerve conductivity. Maybe not, because I think his was more prototype, or like, kind of like a prototype. Yeah. Kind of leading up to Vader, you know. Yeah. It's like, what can we do with this robot body? Just pull his brain out, maybe part of his face. Maybe That's a spine. The way I see it is, uh... <laughs> Put it in a robot body. Like the, I don't know about today's world, but the way I see how a lot of sci-fi does it is you have to have like some kind of nerve connection yeah, with the, the wiring in order for them to do a lot of the stuff they can do. Otherwise, your robot body would just be going haywire. Yeah. <laughs> it's either that or they have to put some kind of chip where you could actually signal it to do stuff. I can imagine it would be like really hectic, a lot like, uh, like, like I would want to think it was like like super hectic you know like short circuit kind of level shit you know yeah <laughs> should just get silly really silly <laughs> all right so uh last thing i want to talk about today um this is the last thing for me uh would be um the new magic the gathering set that's actually out um not only is it launched in physical form but it's launched on a, a- arena as well i'm sure all the other apps like uh Puzzle Quest and the plane, you know, Duels of the Planeswalkers. All these games probably, and Ma- and Magic Online because it's part of the big online community. Probably all have access to um, to Core Set Twenty. Um, the new set, from what I've seen so far, I mean, it seems cool. I mean, compare. I can tried to compare it to Core Set Nineteen. I only recently got back into playing the game, so I don't really have much going into this, but. I mean, compared to Core 19, it seems kind of just like another variation basic of another series, and maybe... Well, that's really what Magic the Gathering has been since they brought out the very first... brought out Alpha, has been just a a revamp of each each set, you know, rules, you know, I mean... Adding new stuff. Adding new stuff, trying to keep it interesting for players, finding out what doesn't work in beta... Yeah. You know, like, because, I mean, there were, there were some things that you could do that basically would, you know, like uh, Time Twister Living Artifact yeah, uh, kind of exploits where your opponent never gets a turn again. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so. 
And I know with a lot of these, uh, with a lot of the newer sets, I don't know what the um, new t tournament rules are online for the new set, but um, there was a lot of, uh, like, I, I guess with uh, Arena Online, you can do this, um, you can do something where you can buy, basically buy your own starter, like a blank, you know, like a randomized st uh, starter deck and have many tournaments within uh, games. And right now they're doing a summer sale I think it happens through the end of this month, or it ends on the 27th, but um, they're doing a summer sale right now where you can get um, pretty good discounts on Series 20 if you're willing to pay money for virtual cards. I'm not. <laughs> Me personally, no. I'd rather have the physical card if I'm going to buy it. Um, which, I mean, that'll be me buying... Cause I, I didn't want to buy them right when they came out. Because I, I think they were launched uh, last week, officially. Like, first week of... First week of... Actual week of July. Um, but I know with the new series, I mean... How well they play together with the current series that are out. You know, like the Ravnica series. Um, like, like the guilds and uh, allegiance and how they play with um you know like war of the spark and how they play with all the other new sets that are currently out that kind of remains to be seen i'm sure they're going to have a, there's a lot of people right now kind of fishing around buying like boxes of starters or boxes of booster packs and just tearing through them and trying to build these crazy ass decks so um, who knows what'll come up but. i don't know i got out of magic a long time ago yeah. Even though I have some magic cards now, I play rarely. I wouldn't say it's just some. <laughs> you got a lot. Well, we, in in our gaming group, we got into playing magic for a little while mm. uh, again. And so I had a friend give me a bunch of rares, or a bunch of commons and uncommons. Mm. So, uh, so I built decks out of that and played, and then they went into storage and we just pulled them out again recently because same friend wanted to play some magic again. They're like, okay, we'll pull the decks out. Oh yeah, that's yeah, the way to do it. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of online. There's a friend of friend of mine from uh, from uh, Melbourne um, that I've been playing online with. He's been playing since around the same time I started originally, which was like when Unlimited came out. I have thought about going online and trying Magic yeah. Arena though. Yeah, Arena is fun. Um, and it's kind of neat because even when you're not like 100% sure on what's out, you know, like, because they've changed a lot of the general fundamentals of yeah. the of the core gameplay. Um, you get two main phases instead of one. You, get all these, you have all these like, weird abilities that basically, um, all these like keyword terms that, um, that take the place of like uh, written out fully descriptive abilities. Like, you know, the... Like the ability not to tap when you attack is called vigilance, you know, and stuff like yeah. that. And they've even expanded on that. Because I remember when, before I got out of it, they had started introducing those. And then now that I'm back, shit, there's like 40 something key terms out there for random moves. <laughs> like, and some of them do the same kind of shit, you know? Like there's three different ones where you can check out cards on your deck, you know? They're just called three different things. It's weird. I think they should all be the same thing, but or they should have built it around those same strategies and not recreated different ones that are basically the same. Which, yeah, because that's kind of dumb. But 
they all have a different end result. And I guess that's what makes them slightly different from each other. But uh, Arena is pretty cool. Um, I, just from a gamer standpoint, I have like a very basic computer. It's uh, it's able to play like 1080 uh, games as its as its max, which is most games minimums now. <laughs> Um, but it plays modern games pretty good. I think the only issue I've ever had on a game was Mortal Kombat. And that was basically it. I just recently bought a Soul Calibur 6. plays it pretty good. Um, and I also have Shadow of the Tomb Raider that plays fairly decent on it. Um, had to do some modifications to play some of the other games I have. But um, there are cheater ways of doing it. <laughs> and in the game's uh, built-in coding, so you can always fuck with something. Because somebody, somebody figured it out, and there's they'll post it on YouTube, and that's where, oh, yeah. that's always where I find that stuff, because I don't know shit about it personally, but I know there is a will. There is a way. That's the first thing anybody, you know, that's, there's an entire culture that the first thing that they do is look for the cheats and the cracks yeah. and whatnot in a program game and whatnot so that they can post them online. <laughs> or like Skyrim mods. Yeah, yeah. You know, all over the place. See, mods are fun, though. Mods are fun. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a lot of really good ones out there for a lot of weird games. Like, uh, you know, games you wouldn't think there would have mods like that that existed. Um, my favorite ones to see are the ones they put out, you know, put out for like, un- you know, mo- the modern versions of Unreal Tournament. A lot of those are kind of funny. Um I saw one the other day. It was like somebody took like a modern warfare and added some really weird shit to it, like um, like made the games look, you know, like where this where they reskinned everything that looked way different than it originally did. Yeah. And, and and in other games too, like somebody even took like the current Legend of Zelda game, uh, the what was that called, um, uh, Breath of the Wild, and they put it through an engine that made it look more realistic. Oh, that's cool. Other than other than cell shaded and that was kind of neat. I, I almost want to get my hands on that, but I wouldn't know how to play it, you know. Yeah. Cuz I I don't want to jailbreak my Switch to do something like that. <laughs> I'd rather just play the game just the way it is, but that's just me. All right. So, um So I think I guess that we've come to the end of this edition of the Segway Files. Mhm. So thanks for listening, and keep listening, uh, anchor.fm. Forward slash Rotten Corpse Radio. <laughs> there we go. Um, you can find us on many platforms. Uh, we will start to have a Patreon presence again, so don't lose faith in us on that in that world. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Rotten Corpse Radio is a way to find us there, or at Rotten Corpse Radio if you just keep uh, word searching on Patreon. Um, you can also find us on Instagram in that same exact fashion, um, at Rotten Corpse Radio. Uh, we're still named Rotten Corpse ENT on Twitter. They don't have enough spaces for us to put our full name on there, and I haven't figured out a good way to shorten it up so that people can still find it easy. <laughs> um, and on Facebook, at Rotten Corpse Radio as well. Um, and, of course, our website does not exist anymore because websites are a thing of the past. I don't know why people still have them. <laughs> <laughs> they got to give some kind of host service guy or a server guy like some kind of money. Yep. Maybe it's just a good tax write-off. I don't know. But... <laughs> Uh, but coming up uh, you know, later on this summer, we will be doing coverage on the Rose City Comic Con, so look forward to hearing some stuff about that. 
um, as well as uh, some horror conventions that should be coming up here um, later this summer in August. Uh, so stay tuned as we have details on all of that information as new stuff develops. We'll be keeping you posted as well as we can. But thank you for listening and have yourself a wonderful summer. Enjoy. This has been Rotten Corpse Radio.